The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. This podcast is brought to you in part by the Pop Insider. The Pop Insider has all the latest in news, merch reviews, and other geeky goodness. Whether you're a wizard, a Sith Lord, or a superhero, fuel your fandom at thepopinsider.com. This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... Sergeant, we need a response team. We're already putting together the best move. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. <laughs> it's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're we're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am group. That I did know. These people may be isolated and unbalanced even, but I believe with the right push, it can be exactly what you need. Suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, gentlemen, online and ready. Oh, welcome to another issue. Yeah, he said it. <laughs> of Mighty Marvel Geeks. It is the intrepid trio, Eric, Kylan, and myself, Izzy Iskowitz. I mean, Mike. <laughs> how are you guys doing? I'm going to start calling you that from now on. What, Izzy? <laughs> Izzy. Izzy Mike or Izzy Izzy? <laughs> Izzy Iskowitz. <laughs> you, you, do you know where Izzy Iskowitz is from? Uh, the name, uh, the, the, it sounds familiar. Tell me. Yeah. Because there's somebody listening to this show, this issue of this show, who doesn't. And we need to think of them. Izzy Iskowitz came from... Uh, a Billy Crystal sketch from his album Marvelous. It's from his <laughs> Howard Cosell sketch where he's doing his impression of Howard Cosell and Muhammad Ali. And he's interviewing Muhammad Ali. He goes, Howard, I'm returning back to boxing. No, please spare us. Yes, Howard, I've changed religions. And I'm coming back as Izzy Iskowitz. <laughs> The thing is, <sighs> Billy Crystal's father was, I think he was like a talent agent mm-hmm. or, or something similar to that. So when he was a kid, he grew up around all these people. Yeah. And so that's where all these voices are coming from. Yep. And I, they're part of me wonders. I mean, it would just like to go. You know, grab like the time stone or something and just try to see a parallel dimension 
where you go back to the point where Billy Crystal was offered the role of Buzz Lightyear and he agreed to it. Yeah. Don't tell me y'all didn't know this. No, I, I, I honestly, I didn't know. I, I have forgotten. Was, I, I, yeah, I didn't Billy know. Crystal was originally offered the role of Buzz Lightyear in Toy Story, and he turned it down. And he said, "They said, you know, he said that he had been kicking himself ever since." So when Pixar came to us, says, "Hey, we'd like for you this for, for this character in Monsters Inc." Okay, I'll take it. <laughs> Which almost ended up being a better role well, than, yeah. than Buzz. Really? Yeah. I, I think it worked out for the best because I can't really imagine anybody else as Buzz Lightyear than Tim Allen. Right. Even though Patrick Warburton did a pretty good job in the cartoon. Right. Yeah. But no, nobody is going to do better than Billy Crystal as Mike Wazowski. No, no, that that that's that's Billy Crystal. That's just yep, yep. Well, let's start off first with um You don't know either? No, I there it is. Hasbro had their Hasbro Pulse fan fest last Friday. Uh-huh. And from Marvel, the following products were introduced. Marvel Legends X Force nineties edition. Uh, these were introduced at the premier member, the, the Hasbro Paul's premium member party on Thursday night as an early look at the new digital sculpts for Domino and Cannonball based on their nineties oh. comic book appearances. They will be available later this year. I really liked the X-Force Cannonball. Mm-hmm. Uh, also too, for all of those looking for a premium, you know, cause Hasbro's been starting this whole premium role play line. Doctor Strange's Eye of Agamotto. Ah. It features nice. exceptional detailing and premium aged looking finish for play or display. And I believe you could take the uh the stone out as well. Does the stone light up? I think so. Okay. Uh, because I have seen a lot of uh Eyes of Agamotto on Thingiverse, yeah, to where you could like 3D print the prop, but it would be nice to have a, a, a quote unquote official one, right? Um, and then finally, Marvel Legends Iron Man Wave new figures available to pre order include Bro Thor Armored, Bro Thor Armored from the movie, oh, that <laughs> Bro Thor Armored, uh, Dark Star. When you say Bro Thor. I, I I literally go to point break. <laughs> okay. I, I I really want to see Thor with, with with a pair of shorts and a longboard with Celtic knotwork on it. Yes. Um so Bro Thor armored, Dark Star. Okay. Ooh. Nice. Ultron hologram uh Ultron hologram Iron Man. Okay. Stealth Iron Man, Vault Guardsman. Ooh. Modular Iron Man and Ironheart. Hello. Okay. Dark Star strikes me as like in the Sesame Street shows. You know, one of these things is not like the other, unless I'm thinking of a different Dark Star. Uh, I am going. The Dark Star I'm thinking of is the blonde woman from the Soviet Super Soldiers. That's one I'm thinking of. 
Okay, here's the link as to uh, Hasbro.com's site for those who are wondering what link I'm sending them. Uh, but this goes straight to the Marvel Legends stuff. Okay. Well, let's just open this up. Y'all right right here. We'll be right back. Mm-hmm. So that is Dark Star. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. it just it makes me wonder why she is included in somebody in, in a lineup that is very heavily Iron Man. Well, same thing with or, or with, with Thor. I mean, yeah. armored bro Thor. I, the, I can't call that bro Thor, dude. That is Lebowski Thor. <laughs> True, but that mm-hmm, there mm-hmm. there's the Eye of Agamotto. Yeah, that thing and looks killer. I'm just gonna call. I absolutely love the guardsman. That that looks every bit as good as I could have hoped. Yeah, as mm-hmm. a comic book adaptation. Yeah. Yes. Modular Iron Man looks cool. Yeah. Yeah. Modular Iron Man. I mean, that's just that. That was like he the way he looked in the '90s in the series. Yeah. The uh, animated series. I'll tell you. I would rather give up Thor and, and take the um, the anime Thor or anime Iron Man from uh, the air oh, G four. Yes. Whereas the younger Tony Stark, mm-hmm. still in high school, give me that one. Oh, the uh, the one that was in uh, was that um, uh, that was on it was on G four Nickelodeon. Oh. No, it was on G4 Snap. Network. Oh, okay, Mike, yes. did you scope out who the Build-A-Figure is? No. All of a sudden, Dark Star makes perfect sense now. Uh-oh. Because the Build-A-Figure is her teammate from the Soviet super soldiers, Ursa Major. No. Oh. Yes. I liked him. Yes, he was very stereotypical, but, I mean, he basically was a werebear. Yes. And the thing is, the the version of him that I recall from the comics, he did his, his outfit did not have unstable molecules. It did not change with him. No. So basically, he had to go start naked in, in order to change into his bear form. Mm-hmm. He had to go bear to go bear. Yeah. I had just one issue that had them in it, and it was a it was a New Mutants issue. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I yeah, I was I was scrolling through the pictures that uh, on the link that you you sent us, and I, I saw the big arm. I go like, who is that? And then I finally took a look at one of the back, you know, one of the packaging backs, and boom, there it is. Right. Uh, okay, I, I, I'm excited here. I. <laughs> I mean, I'm more excited than I should be. I uh, I was excited for the guardsman, mm. but yeah. Okay, so the Marvel anime that I was talking about earlier, where I would love to see the Iron Man come from, was Iron Man, Wolverine, X Men, and Blade. Yes, yeah, because I, I, I was hooked. Blade. I was they hooked all, Blade. And they all appeared on G4 between July 2011. In April 2012, mm-hmm. and I would love to see these appear on Disney Plus. And it was the Iron Man animated series that led to the direct-to-video film called Iron Man: Rise of the Technovore. Oh, that's right. Which I would love to see this particular Iron Man done up as a figure. I think it'd be cool. Yeah, that would be. 
It's a great looking figure. Um, other, I mean, it's not as is it's not as cool as the transforming Optimus Prime. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. Now, other just so people were curious, other animated or other anime projects from Marvel. Um, there were two films: um, Iron Man: Rise of Tech, Technovore. And Avengers Confidential, Black Widow, and Punisher. But other projects was um, produced by Walt Disney Japan and Toei Animation. Marvel Disc Wars, The Avengers. It follows five children that gain the ability to summon a specific member of the Avengers who have been trapped in in small devices called discs as they travel the world to help the Avengers retrieve other superhero, other superheroes and supervillains discs before they're used for evil. And it ran for 51 episodes. I have all 51. I never even heard that series until now. And then there's Marvel Future Adventures, Avengers, uh, came out in 2017. Uh, Discourse came out in 2014. Uh, It was produced by Madhouse and Walt Disney Japan. It follows three children who are rescued from Hydra by the Avengers and and are trained to become superheroes. Series aired for 39 episodes Hmm. and was released internationally via Disney Plus in 2020. So whether it's on ours, don't know. Hmm. You know, that's another great thing about Disney Plus if you're a Marvel fan. Because all the stuff that came out but didn't stay around long. Yeah. Or wasn't wasn't necessarily available in your area. Mm -hmm. Or by the time you became aware of it, it was gone. Right. Yeah. You know, this is a great repository for it. Like, you know, I... One of the first things that I added to my list on Disney Plus was Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Ah, yes. Just because back when Saturday morning cartoons meant something. (laughs) Yeah. You know, harumph, harumph. Darn kids, get off my lawn. (laughs) I mean, that I would watch that show every week. Yes. And they did some dive of characters on that show, too. They did. They did some great dives and pulled out some characters that, you know, you wouldn't have expected. No. Um, Also, too, uh, according to comicbook.com, Fantastic Four fans are fan casting the new MCU team. I think we've done I think we've done that. You know what? That's at this point. Fan casting the Fantastic Four is kind of like shipping. Okay. It's kind of like, why in God's name are you still doing it? Well, the first one on this list from Twitter Reed Richards, Robert Downey Jr. What? Sue Richards, Scarlett Johansson. Oh, my thing. Mark Ruffalo and Johnny Chris Evans. This sounds like a really bad round of Marvel feud. (laughs) It says problem solved. (laughs) Yeah, right. I mean, we've I mean, we've done it, but we've moved on. Um, some of these are pictures, and I don't, I can't, I don't recognize the the actors uh, by name. Um, next one, uh, Mr. Fantastic, Brandon Routh. No. and then I don't recognize the rest of this. Do you know you know Brandon Routh is right? Yeah. Okay. Adam. Yeah, no. Yeah. Superman Returns. Yeah, no. 
Um, John Krasinski and Emily Blunt as Sue and Reed. We 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 said that. We have said that. I don't know if we've said Emily Blunt, but I'll take it. I thought we did. Now did they? Now were they were they daring when they came to uh, Ben Ben Grimm though? Because I thought we were pretty daring with our Ben Grimm. I thought we were too. Uh, now a modern look. Uh, Rahul Rahul Coley and Nicole Beharry. For Sue and Reed. Yeah, yeah. But if you do that, Johnny Bear be black as well. Right. Unless he's adopted. Yeah. Should I apologize for that? Because I'm not going to. <laughs> that comment was so 2015. <sighs> uh, oh, my. Now for Reed Richards. Uh, this person says, don't know about the rest of the team, but William Jackson Harper is Reed Richards. Okay. Uh, he's from the show called The Good Place. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm okay with it. I think he's a little young. He is. <laughs> this person, my Fantastic Four fan cast, Don Cheadle, Don Cheadle, Don Cheadle, and Don Cheadle. Yeah, no. Silence. It could happen. Um, someone goes, don't care what anyone says, but this Fantastic Four cast will never be beaten. And it's the, uh, they say it's the OGs, and it's not the Corman crew, but it's the one that actually got released first. With Chris Evans as Johnny. Yeah, no, 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 no. no. Let's you can't bring them back. But I I think the the Corman crew really was the truest to to the spirit of the of the characters. Agreed. Yeah, we've said this before, so Uh, it should not be a spoiler alert to anybody. Rob McElerney as Reed Richards. Mm. Uh, yeah. The cast of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. No. No. That's Fantastic Four. Um, you know what? At, at this point, I think I would rather have Jim McDonald as Reed Richards than, <laughs> than, than really than any of the fan castings that you've read off so far. As long as we can have Bob Newhart as Galactus, I'm good. And then someone's saying... That is a actual image that is going to stick with me for a while. And then someone's saying, welcome. actually, bring back the uh, 2015 cast. No. no. No offense to any of those actors, but no. So, uh... <laughs> Other news, Marvel's Moon Knight. The writer reveals new details in a preview. Have uh, any Traveling? Oh, well, no, go that night. I, I had something that uh, this, adds to that. This is, this is for the comic. Uh, you can find this on comicbook.com. Um, basically, uh, when it comes to his adventures, number one, we're seeing a, a Moon Knight who's seen how badly his actions can go wrong and is trying to make a new start. Of course, he doesn't have a track record in that respect either. Nope. So, um... Have any of you seen the training footage from uh from the behind the scenes for the TV series? No. Oh. Oh my goodness. 
Seriously. Now, now, I did send you guys a link earlier today while we're on the subject of comics about the X-Men vote. Mm-hmm. I have that. Okay. Marvel. Then I'll shut up and let you get to that. Marvel reveal, reveals the results of the groundbreaking X-Men vault. Vault. Vote. Vault? No, that was a Chevy. Um, mm-hmm. So the results are in. And um, you know, during the last month, fans were given a chance to shape X-Men history by voting in the final member of the all-new team that will debut during June's Hellfire Gala. Uh, originally announced in X-Men... 16 readers were provided a section of 10 different mutant superheroes to select as their choice to join the team beating out their beating out fellow nominees strong guy forge tempo boom boom morrow armor cannonball sunspot and banshee polaris has tallied the most votes and will go on to star in the Jerry Duggan and Pepe Loraz's X-Men launching this July, the series will begin to tell the tales of the first X-Men team in the age of Krakoa, a bold new era of mutant kind that began in Hickman's House of X and Powers of X. Okay. I thought that was a really good group of characters to choose from. Mm-hmm. And I love the little vignettes that Marvel had been posting out on social media. Yeah. Where, where basically you, know, you you've got two you've you've got two of the candidates talking to each other and basically asking, you know, who's the you know, are you gonna get in there? It's like uh, you know, I think we're about even. And you know, there it, it's a fancy gala ball and I love how you know everybody's dressed up, even strong guy. I, it's it, I have to struggle to call him strong guy. Right. I mean, I've got the issue where he says, my name is strong guy. And it was just so spontaneous, you know, made up spur of the moment kind of thing because he didn't have time to think of something better. Right. Right. I still want to call him Guido. Guido is dressed up like a freaking Chippendale dancer. Yeah. Because he's got, you know, his, his tux is sleeveless and just has those little cuffs, those little white cuffs. And just, I am, I was really so loving those because you'll see like, you know, they'll be talking like, uh, you know, like strong guy and forge and strong guys kind of like, you know, well, I figure we're about neck and neck because, you know, we're, we're popular. We're, we're, we're ideal candidates. And then you just, so five minutes later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're mm-hmm. just kind of like, well, crap. <laughs> yeah. So, um, before we get into the juicy part, great little mm-hmm. story to tie in with it. Yes. Leaks claim Marvel's about to introduce the X-Men hero we've all been dying to see. But they're bringing back Dupe. I hope so. <laughs> and Eric said that just for me. Yes, I did. Um, so, according to Yahoo Entertainment, uh, as we're approaching the end of another Marvel TV show on Disney+, Plus, as Falcon and Winter Soldier only has two episodes left, Phase 4 is off to a great start, despite not delivering any movies that we were promised. 
Both WandaVision and Falcon showed us what Marvel can do in this particular format. I am hoping Falcon and Winter Soldier does get picked up for a second season. Because even if this was a one and done, I think they could easily turn it into another season. Oh, I agree. Or a continuing series. Yeah. Uh, the nature of the MCU makes it impossible for some of the D- Disney Plus shows to have sequels. Um, WandaVision is the best example of that. As for Falcon, um, there can't be a second season for this duo for a simple reason. Sam Wilson won't go by Falcon for much longer. He will become the hero we expect him to be, Captain America, that Steve Rogers saw in him. But I think you could still do Falcon Winter Soldier. Yeah. Because we talked about it in the beginning. This is him training to be Captain America. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. He's still Falcon. He still has the Falcon... Wings. Uniform, costume. Right. He, he's still Falcon in many ways. Right. Just because he goes by Captain America or will be going by Captain America, you can't, you, you can't not expect him to do some missions without the shield and do them as the Falcon or in a Falcon-like manner. Okay. Uh, Hence, Bucky having the shield at points. Hmm. If they do a, if they do a second season, and there has been hints, there have been hints. Yeah. Right. Um, I really just want to see at some point, which this will probably come from Bucky because there is that almost that that sibling rivalry going. Where he makes a joke about, I guess you're going to have to upgrade your name, your nickname to Bald Eagle now. Yeah, <laughs> I would love that. I mean, it's it's such a little thing. It is such a little thing. But right. now, Bald Eagle. <laughs> it's it's likely that other limited MCU's series will not get second seasons with characters moving on to other MCU projects. Um, but specific hero stories may extend well beyond a second season. A few new leaks claim that Wolverine um, may appear in several upcoming f- movies and TV shows. Okay, you know how I would love them do this? Don't give me a Wolverine origin story. Right. No, no, no. You go back to Madripoor. Yeah. And you see a scruffy, hairy looking Canadian guy walking around with an eye patch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how you bring Wolverine in. Now, according to that hashtag show, a Wolverine anthology series is in early development for Disney Plus. Again, that hashtag show, uh, kind of. I guess kind of reputable, but still take it with a grain of salt. Is exactly. What you're yeah, I would. Mm-hmm. Um, As well, you should. The report notes that Marvel has yet to cast the leading superhero, and the studio has yet to also cho- choose a director and showrunner. So, uh, yeah, I don't foresee it truly. Uh, the I, report. I when I see it, the report says Marvel is toying with the idea of exploring the many sides of this popular character. Uh, the anthology series would play out similar to American Horror Story, where it resets after each season. Hmm. Uh, that's not how I expect Wolverine. No. Yeah. No. So, um. According to sources, Marvel and Kevin Feige are confident that an anthology series could explore Wolverine's history without affecting the character's role in X-Men films. 
Uh, initially, it said Marvel was looking to adapt the Weapon X story arc for the first season. Uh, this would be the hero's origin story and would play out in the, in the MCU, so it hooks other MCU properties uh, as well. I No. I mean, Weapon X would be cool, but I don't think at this point in time we need an origin story. I'd rather have him just pop straight in. Right. Yeah, because we, we know the origin story at this point, and that's... <sighs> See, that's one thing I liked about how they treated Spider-Man. Right. Now, if you want to, if you want to redo the early stages of like the Silver, Silver Samurai story that we saw with the Wolverine, mm-hmm. with his time in Japan, and tie that into Madripoor, give it. Bring it. Yes. Let's do it. If, if you're not going to do Madripoor, then bring in Alpha Flight. Yes. And bring him in that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, report also notes that two Marvel properties are being considered for Jackman's Wolverine. One is Secret Wars. The other is a second Deadpool film for the MCU, which would be Deadpool 4. Marvel doesn't want its first Deadpool movie to introduce two characters, Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool and Jackman's Wolverine. At this point in time, it's the third film. Why not? Right. Well, it's almost like you're bringing in the Spider-Verse now. You just, you know... <laughs> Bring in Jackman as old man Logan. Yeah, that, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. You know, there's this thing like if Jack, I'm okay with Jackman not having anything to do with it. I, I, I kind of want to see somebody else. I don't think Jackman wants anything to do with it anymore. He, I thought he feels he has pretty much shied away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very possible. And I'm not going to blame him if he does. I'm not going to have any ill will toward of him toward him if he says, "You know what? I appreciate it, guys, but I'm out." Right. I mean, I agree with Eric. I don't want an an origin story. I want Patch. I, I really do. I mean, the thing is, you gave us Majapur, and I need more than just that that bit we got because I and. I, I think that you you're only you would do yourself a big favor if you bring him in that way and just f- maybe focus the stories there. Maybe heck, keep them separate from the X Men for a while. You yeah. know, I think that's a great idea. Keep him separate. Yeah, because that, that's why I was I was suggesting the the Japanese time period and, and tie it in with the Madripoor. That would keep them separate. Let him build his own own vibe so yeah maybe it's asking too much i don't know no no dude guys i got it i got it but okay what's one of the best i can't really call it a long story arc because it's only like a couple of issues you bring in mark ruffalo and you have him in madripoor and basically meeting up with patch now granted the when this went down in the comics hulk was still gray hulk Right, but uh, there's part of me that 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 needs to see this. Right, that needs to see a a Hulk patch adventure in Madripoor. You know, hey, you know, who's to say that Professor Hulk decides that he maybe he he wants to get away for a while, do something different with his life. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't necessarily see Ruffalo's Hulk 
being in Madripoor because he's too much of a goody goody. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Gray Hulk was was just bad enough. Was okay, rough enough, I guess I yeah. should say. Yeah. He had the whole Mr. Fix It thing going on. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Of course, the, revisiting the Mr. Fix It thing would be a great way to bring John Bernthal in as Punisher. Oh. Yeah. Because there was that absolutely brilliant, you know, you know, team up between those two in Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> My head still hurts, Hulk. Consider yourself lucky, Frank. If I had used two fingers, you'd still be out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh man. Uh, I, I mean, yes. You have given us Madripoor, and that opens up so many doors and so many avenues to so many classic adventures from the comics. It does. More Madripoor. Yes. You hear me, Kevin Feige. More freaking Madripoor. That could be our issue title. More freaking Madripoor. That works. If you're going to bring in Patch, bring in Arch... Archie Corrigan and his crazy brother Bert. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you remember Bert Corrigan? Briefly. No. Okay. He was he was kind of an older, kind of heavy set guy. Mm-hmm. But he was so much. It, did you ever see the movie Loose Cannons? Yes. With with uh, Richard Dreyfus and uh, Dan Aykroyd. Yes. No, it wasn't Richard Dreyfuss. It was Gene Hackman. And and Dan Aykroyd's character was always movie characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was Burt. That was Burt. The last time that I saw him in a Wolverine comic, he, is, he was in an Indiana Jones persona. And he kind of helped save the day with it. <laughs> but then he disappeared after the, after the battle. Right. And... You know, Arch is worried about him, and Patch just goes, "You know, look, if your brother can handle everything we've we've handled, then he'll be okay." You know, it's kind of like here's to to Burt Corgan, whoever, wherever, or whoever he may be, and then you see him in a Monte Carlo casino where he has just broken the bank playing blackjack, and someone says, "You're a you're a lucky and wealthy man, Mister," and he just looks at the the camera and says, "Bond." James Bond. Yeah, of course, because yeah, let's bring them in. And Tiger, 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 Tiger. Yeah, yeah. Jess Nahoan. Yep. I mean, there's see, Madripoor could be its own series because there are so many really good characters that could be introduced, and you could have stories around. Yes, and you could have that modern day noir feel. Right. As- and it's you know almost what, pulp adventures. And see, that's the kind of stuff I've been reading lately. Like, uh, it's, like I'm a huge fan of new pulp anyway. Uh-huh. So I've been reading like the new pulp stuff. I read some of the old stuff. That stuff is fun. And I, I, I don't know. I, I think that that's that kind of storytelling. I, I, I give it a chance. I, and I, you would be, I guarantee you there are people that would just jump on that stuff because it's something that they don't realize how much they would enjoy it until they yep. gave it a try 
I see. Try. This would be a great successor to the Netflix street level MCU. Yes. Well, speaking of MCU. Okay. Yeah, we got to move on. It is time for the mission debrief of episode four. The whole world is watching. And boy, howdy. Now the players okay. in this. Y'all, I, I, I got to set this up. <laughs> this, this time around, I was the first one of the three of us to watch it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just go, well, I can't really say what I said, but dang. <laughs> just dang. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think none of us could really say what we actually said. No. Yeah. So, uh, government appointed operatives John Walker, Lamar Hoskins, known friendlies, Baron Zemo. You ever thought you would hear Baron Zemo as a known friendly? Uh, Sarah Wilson, Sharon Carter, Ayo, and the Dora Malaji. Dora Malaji. Known hostiles, Carly Morgenthau and the Flag Smashers. Hey, hey appearing. That's the opening act. Uh, no, opening for Iron Maiden, Carly, Carly and the Flag Smashers. <laughs> uh, and po- Power Broker, unknown persons of interest, Mama Danya. Uh, locations, Wakanda, Riga, Latvia, Madripoor, a graveyard, and Delacroix, Louisiana. Hi. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> so uh it show starts off in a in a uh, flashback where white wolf i mean bucky barnes sits across from io as she prepares to test him afraid to hurt io and the others bucky steals himself as io begins to recite the winter soldier programming in russian mm-hmm. with rage and fear surging through him as he remembers his actions as winter soldier uh, she continues to slowly recite the Winter Soldier programming code words. When she's done, Bucky's breathing slows as he is overwhelmed with relief. He is reborn and free from the hold Hydra placed on him. Uh, then we see modern day, um, in which you know Io explains, you know, expresses her disappointment in his betrayal and how she and Shuri removed the program from him, only to turn around and free Zemo. Well, kind of. Well, it's kind of like. Well, technically, he didn't free him. Freed yeah, te- technically, he did. You know. Yeah. Now, also, I have seen people um, just go out there and say that Sebastian Stan needs an Emmy for that episode. Mm-hmm. Just, just the way that he was reacting to the programming. To yes. The. the to the code words. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Yeah. yeah it, it was gut-wrenching, you know, yeah. watching him go through that and his relief at the end of it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, now we see um, Sam, Bucky, and Zemo w- wander into a refugee enclave searching for anyone who knows who Mama Danya is. Um a lot of people are walking away from Sam and Bucky, but uh, Zemo kind of has a way with uh, maybe a, with some Turkish delight. Well, mm-hmm. he's got a point. I mean, these people, they don't want to open up to outsiders. No. Just, just for just coming in and start asking questions. Right. Right. I, Zemo, 
as look, we cannot, you know, you know, agree with his radicalized version, you know, visions. Mm-hmm. But at the same point, this is a great thing about the MCU. You have villains who, on a on a certain level, are still relatable. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, Zemo, his entire country got pretty much destroyed by the Avengers. Right. It's because of them and other super beings that he has lost everything he has held dear. I mean, I can't blame him for being a little bitter here. Well, yeah, I mean, he's... You know, you know, everything that like the country, your your home country has been basically picked apart now. Yeah, I there's nothing there that's left, and everything that he's known and loved is gone. Yeah, and, and he will he'll point that out to you. Mm-hmm. Is it's it's kind of like a couple of things that he has said to Sam. It's kind of like yo, I was royalty until my country was destroyed by your friends. Mm-hmm. And you know, have you been to the memorial? Oh, of course not. Why should you? And Zemo, I, I put Zemo almost as, as as right up there with Loki as the best villain of the MCU thus far. Mm-hmm. And I think I think we said this last week. I mean, he's not going to overpower you with super abilities. He's not going to overpower you with weapons. Right. Right. But he's going to outthink you in a Grand Admiral Thrawn kind of way. Mm-hmm. He's playing a chess game with everybody, and he's six moves ahead. Yeah. And then he, he'll talk you into just giving the game to him anyway. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that's the thing. I mean, it, he is very charismatic and very persuasive. Yeah. I mean, you know, after five minutes in a room with him, you're going, well, you know, he's not wrong. Right. Of course, Bucky still wants to smack his head in. Yeah. <laughs> and there is the question, because I know we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves just a little bit, but at one point, he basically comes right out and says that, you know, super soldiers should not exist. Super right. should not exist. And Sam just looks at him and says, okay, well, what about Bucky? And he never really has a chance to answer that. Mm-mm. And honestly, I don't know that he has an answer for that. I mean, you know, the thing, if he, I guarantee you that if he had an army of super soldiers at his command, his answer would be completely different. He's completely utilitarian about everything anyway, you know? Um, Well, see, here's the thing, though. Zemo does not want a superhuman army. No. I think that part was made clear when he was pursuing Carly and made her drop the vials of super serum. Right. Does he pick them up? No. Does he save them for himself? No. He starts stomping them like so many cockroaches. That's true. And you know what in the world? Carly was not. She, she, she did not think this whole thing through. Uh, you know, her idealism got the best of her. You know, well, I mean, if you could sum up this, the central theme of this whole series, 
into a single saying is power corrupts. Yeah. We saw it in, you know, the, the first Captain America movie where, you know, Erskine is explaining what the serum does. And he says, you know, basically it amplifies what you are. Good becomes great. Evil becomes worse. That's why he didn't give uh, – that's why he didn't select Cameron Hodge for the super serum Yeah, because Hodge was a bully. And, and Walker – I mean it, the more I think about it, the more it's like Walker is almost like a, a 21st century Hodge. Mm-hmm. He is. Cameron Hodge – no, it wasn't Cameron Hodge. Gilmore Hodge. Yeah. Cameron Hodge I was is, like Cameron is Hodge was ex- extension agenda. Yeah. 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 Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So I'm sorry. I'm getting my Hodges mixed up. Um, but also, Erskine said, you know, a strong man who has been strong all his life does not respect, you know, does not understand and appreciate his strength, whereas a weak man knows the value of strength and also knows the value of compassion. Mm-hmm. And that has been the, that's been the prevalent, the prevailing difference between Rogers and Walker. Right. And I think that has kind of – the power has corrupted Carly. Mm-hmm. She may have been a nice person or a good – she thought she was doing good. And again, this is this harkens back to MCU being great for choosing villains that you can, on, on a level you can relate to. You can kind of relate to where she's coming from. Right. But, you know, she crosses the line. Mm-hmm. Especially when she blows up her car, you know, and kills innocent people, and and she totally rationalizes it, right? And I think you, Sam was almost getting to her. Yes, yes. I, I if Sam had had five more minutes mm-hmm. with like, when they're talking, he could have talked her down. He probably could have gotten her to hand over the remaining samples. Right, yeah. and maybe even turn herself in. Mm-hmm. He know Sam. One ability that Sam has, and this is something that just comes with who he is, and is something that the tech and his, even his experience as an adventure does not did not give him is his ability to connect with people. You know, yeah. Um, and, that, and the thing is, he knows that. And that's what was getting through to her. Um, you could see it, you know. And I, I was, I, I was pulled in, you know, just just to see, you know, how's this gonna resolve? Is he, he, he's appealing to a reason? She's starting to think, well, okay, you know, may, may, maybe I am going off the edge here, you know. And and then, you know, the bowl in a china shop. Otherwise known as John Frickin' Walker. Uh, Although, we should back up a little bit. We should talk about a conversation with uh, Sam and Bucky and Adore Milaje and John and Lamar. Well, that, okay, that, all that comes later. Did that come later? Oh, yeah, that does come later, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. When they're back at at Zemo's place. Right, right. Well, at Zemo's place, Zemo asks Sam, would you ever take it, the serum? Right. And Sam's like, no. And Mm -hmm. does not hesitate. And doesn't, yeah. Which which actually, which impresses Zemo. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like, dang, you're not even tempted to do it. 
He knew. He, I mean, from the start, he just goes, no, I don't need it. I know who I am. You know, John? Now, uh, when we get to Lamar and John, John asks Lamar, would you consider it? And without mm-hmm. hesitation, Lamar's like, hell yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, see, that's that's the thing. That is that is a very poignant point of contention or point of differentiation, rather. You know, neither one of them hesitate. Right. right. So when asked. So here's the question. Since Lamar said he would take it, mm-hmm. did John pull it out of his pocket and did they split the vial? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't I don't think so either. And this is just coming from a from a traditional movie trope thing mm-hmm. where usually you see one vial, one dose. Mm-hmm. That's usually what you see. Now, granted, these are big honking vials. Right. Now, what they're meant to, you know, whether they just made them extra big so they'll show up better on screen, I don't know. Could they be, uh, could there be more than one dose per vial? Possibly. But if that's the case, there should be either more vials left or more Flag Smasher super soldiers. Right. Yeah. And I, I, the way that Nagel was talking in the lab before he got shot was that the impression I got from his, from his comments was that he had refined the serum. He had basically concentrated, almost like you know, frozen concentrate orange juice. Mm-hmm. Because if you remember, again, in the first Captain America movie, how many vials of that stuff go into Steve's body? Oh, crap, Tony. A mm-hmm. lot. So now he's got it concentrated down where you only need one. Right. I mean, that's still a lot, but that's still, you know, a whole lot less. Right. That plus the uh, the Vita rays, yeah. which now don't need that anymore. No, no. I could see an argument made for splitting the vial, but if he was going to split it with him, why didn't he tell him right then and there? Right. And if they did split it and we go by the one vial, one dose idea, then logically they would, neither one of them would be as strong as the others. Right. Right. And John was every bit as strong as any of them. Mm-hmm. So, uh, until proven otherwise, I, I, you can't convince me that they split it. Right. I'm going to have to see footage of them splitting it before I'll. Yeah. Before I'll subscribe to the theory. But we know John has taken it. Yes. Yes. Because when uh, Lamar just happened to uh, meet meet up with a thick column, yeah. well, and decided to take a nap in the middle of a fight. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah it, well, if we're if we're given kind of a play by play, the whole Carly's whole plan is to separate everybody, right? Because they know they can't take all four of them on at once, right? Right. So they distract. You know, they Carly sets up a meeting with Sam and Bucky. Mm-hmm. Well, technically, it was supposed to be just Sam, right? And then the idea is, you know, once they're once 
you know, we could get Captain America alone. We'll kill him. Mm-hmm. And so they basically knock out Lamar, tie him up. And there's here's another reason why I don't think they shared the 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 serum because it looked like Lamar was just tied up with like you know zip ties or stuff. Yeah, yeah, he he would have been able to he would have been able to break that uh, if yeah. he had to if he had serum in him he would have yeah. been eaten half of that he would have been able to break yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But instead of having to like you know pull out his knife and maneuver it around and cut through it. Mm-hmm. And also we had Sam call Sharon and said, Hey, you know, if you still got some satellite access, we need to keep a track on Walker. Right. Which is how Sam and Bucky found out basically it's a trap. Mm-hmm. Right. And so in the ensuing melee, I love the fact that we finally saw Bucky not holding back. Yes. Because yes. <laughs> that one flag smasher that was trying to trying to tussle with him, mm-hmm. yeah, got his butt beat, kind of like John so. with the door Malaji. We oh. skipped over that. We were talking about yeah. it before we recorded. Yeah, but- that that beat. Do we want to talk about John getting his butt beat before we? Yes, get- we have to. We have to. My, you know. Now, for those of you who haven't watched it, and if you haven't, then shame on you. You should you should have done it. Of course, you know you should not be listening to us if you haven't. Right. But this is back after the uh, after all the serums except for one have been destroyed. They're back at Zemo's place, where Zemo is nursing a a bad headache because he got clocked in the head with with the shield, and they're talking. You know, Sam. And Bucky and Zemo are talking, and all of a sudden, here comes John and Lamar, ready to take Zemo into custody, only and, to have the Dora Milaje show up to take Zemo into custody. And you, you have probably the most out, uh, out, out of balance Mexican standoff possible. Well, <laughs> and I love how. Walker thinks he's in charge of the situation. He's got control on the situation. And he turns to the door, Malaji, and says, you know, um, you really don't have jurisdiction here. Like he does. Like, yeah, absolutely. You, you do realize you're in a foreign country, right? Yeah. yeah. And one of the best lines from the episode is where AO says the Dora Malaji has jurisdiction wherever the Dora Malaji find themselves at, or something to that effect. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to argue with that. Uh, mind you, we have experience with the Dora Malaji in, you know, from several other movies. Yeah. So we already know. And yeah. the other people in that room, Bucky and Sam know. Uh huh. John but, is probably the, and I would say Lamar on probably some level knows. Yes, you know, he just kind of says, "You know what? I don't think we should we should push this." But John, but no, John again, the Star Spangled Bull in a China Shop. Basically, I hate to say this, kind of tries to mansplain it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he totally does. You know, the the whole pointy stick comment, and then he put his hands on him. 
and, and yeah. Mm. Mm. And my favorite, my favorite line from the whole episode, Bucky. I, I think we should do something. Yeah, <laughs> looking strong, John. <laughs> Well, what, what? I mean, you can see it. Sam and Bucky are just enjoying watching Walker get his butt whooped. <sighs> and it's nobody's fault but his. It really is. I mean, but they, they also saw that the, the, door, the door Melagia were not going to, to stop at just embarrassing him. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. <sighs> and of course, like any good villain, Zemo locks himself in the bathroom. <laughs> You're like, you know, okay, I'm out. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, I, I, and I don't blame him. You know, he's like, he is uh, the I smartest want- man in the room. Yes. Now let, let's talk about one other thing. Let's, let's go ahead and jump to the end. Cause we're, we're slowly running out of time. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. That one flag smasher. Mm-hmm. I think he may have a splitting headache. Man. Yeah. I mean, we, we have forwarded through to where Lamar gets killed. And I love that scene where everybody just goes, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Flag Smashers go, oh, crap. Sam and Bucky go, oh, crap. John goes, oh, crap. And then John goes, postal. Yeah. Oh, Ooh, I mean, from a storytelling perspective, you needed you needed the push to quote Nick Fury, and this is what pushed him. Well, and then on top of that, you got this entire courtyard all with cell phone cams out. Meanwhile, we just you just straight up created an international incident of epic proportions. Yeah, if there was any reason to take the shield away from John. Now you got it. Well, it, it is kind of ironic because unless I'm sorely mistaken, this is the one who earlier in the show said, you know, I was a Captain America fan growing up. Yeah. I, I, I don't think he's a fan anymore. Well, they, mm-hmm. they said the super serum you know, brings out either the best in you or the good or the worst in you, depending on your personality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think John might have done a little roids before he joined the military, or even while Man. in the military. It, it explains how he was stronger than average to begin with, right? Hey, if you want to talk roid rage, I think we got yeah. the epitome of it right there. Now, now we called this last week. Walker was going to beat somebody to death. And he was going to get the super soldier serum. I didn't think he was going to do it until the, till the very end of the last episode where mm-hmm. he'd be tired of getting his butt beat. And they weren't even super soldiers, <laughs> you know, because he's, he wants to level the playing field. Well, right. he did. He just did it a couple of episodes sooner than we expected. Right. Now, Eric, we do have a title to bestow, and since it's the title you came up with for the show, I will give you that honor of bestowing officially the title. Freaking genius? Freaking genius. I I, I should have more of an official tone of voice. Freaking genius! 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, that, that would be the title. Yeah. And, and, and who gets it? Well, we we have not got this confirmed yet. But Kylan, your wife, if this plays out the way we think it's going to play out, mm-hmm. with Sharon Carter being the power broker all along, then your wife is the next freaking official freaking genius here on the show. Well, it, you know what? The more it's like you and you said the more the 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 the. So the strings start to connect. Yes. And the thing is, it's nothing overt. But if you look at the subtext of everything, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, how much do we know exactly? So we know that. Uh, so Sharon knew, and I forget the scientist's name, the guy that was in Nagel. Magical Nagel. So Nagel was the one with the super soldier serum, he had access to it. It's stolen. Ties to the CIA. Ties to the CIA. Sharon was ex CIA or is ex CIA by this point. And we know. No, go ahead. You about Hydra trying to replicate the serum. And you have. We know that the power broker is in Majapur. The vials, the super soldier serum was stolen from the power broker. Mm -hmm. And. Sharon obviously has a lot of influence because she's just walking around everywhere around armed soldiers and not even flinching, not even flinching, Yep. not even trying to watch your step. Nope. I, I you know, and the thing is, <laughs> I, I, I told I told I told Dawn, you guys said this, like and I told her over the weekend, hey, you know, the the guys are saying you know, and it, things are starting to line up. And she goes, well, okay. Like, it's no big deal. I'm like, you, 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 before we even have any hard facts, we're just looking at circumstantial evidence right now. Yeah. And we got I, two episodes left. Well, yeah. really, by the time you hear this one. Yeah. I, I'll say this. If Sharon is not the power broker, Marvel has passed up a tremendous opportunity to make her the power broker. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be it, – it, it, I don't know. In a weird way, it would be awesome to have to have that kind of a twist. I don't, yeah. And I don't know why. I don't know why. I can't put a finger on it, but yeah. Huh? And so I, my <laughs> boss watches all this stuff too, mm-hmm. and so we were talking about it, and I, and I passed that theory along. She goes, oh, yeah, that's totally what we thought too. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, I hate to say it. Final thoughts. Ooh, I, you know what? I, I, I just, I, I really, I, I, after the, after the, the, the ending of, of the episode four, you know what? I, I really can't even, I, I just feel like now. We, we we just crested over the top of that roller coaster and the rest of it is just gonna be like Space Mountain and Rock and Roller Coaster mixed together with I don't know, a turbocharger. That that's that's what I'm pretty much expecting right now. So okay. Eric? Well okay, I've been the Marvel has released some trailers for you know the last two episodes. And there's a quick shot of Walker in a dress uniform saying very emphatically, I am Captain America. 
And then you see the, th- you know, him and Sam and Bucky squaring off where he says, you don't want to do this. And Bucky goes, yeah, we do. What I think just from that, it sounds to me like Walker's getting court-martialed and he sees his only redemption is to bring the two of them in. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. So we're going to see know, the battle for the shield. And and let's just say, I like seeing John get his butt kicked. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. My, well my final thought is John made it easy for that flag smasher to attend Hank Headbanger's Ball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey. I'm not saying anything. No, I'm not. No, no. Send hate mail to Mike <laughs> at IDMarvelGeeks.net. <laughs> oh, my word. Can't help it that Flag Smasher's favorite song is Rolling oh, by mm, Limp Biscuit. Mm, mm. Thirsty, <laughs> please put us out of his misery. <laughs> Gosh. Oh, the my word. Protocol, sir. Please. <laughs> Unfortunately, we cannot ignore the inevitable.